right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. You guys got to check this out yet? I'll tell you that mobile experience is so easy. Make, model, and I'm sure you know the year. If you know that, man, you got your parts. And they're getting dropped right to your back door, front door, garage door, shop door, wherever. you got to love that, man. That is the way to shop for car parts. Now, Willie, man, what is going on with your life? What's going down? Oh man, just getting ready for this SEMA car. This car is going nuts. It's been um, it's been a real credible build at the same time. But you know, as uh, as life would have it, getting a car in SEMA, uh, you've been there. It is just an absolute. It's a it's a full court press um, from the moment they said you're going to be here, just to get everything done. And I've been working on this car, you know, since <laughs> 2000. You know, I got the car in 2013, I think, and I I cut it up the second day I had it. So. It's uh, literally been a labor of love, but something I, uh, I can't wait to show. Yeah, by the time you're done, by the time you get there, it's going to be a labor of hate. Because <laughs> here's your theme song right here, man. No, no, sleep, sleep till Vegas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> man, all the little things you got to wrap up by the time you get a car into that showroom floor, man. Yeah. It's amazing, right? You look at a car, you're like, man, I am 90% done, you know? And all of a sudden, you're like, that 10% took 90% of my time, you know? Oh God! I hope not. I won't. I'll never finish this car. I'll be 115. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, wicked, man. It's yeah, gonna be man. so cool. I see all your pictures. I see you got the height yeah. suspension under there, man. You got some kind of like mock-up wheels, man. It's all coming together. The metalwork looks just bitching. Yeah, I, can, I really can't wait because SEMA is one of those shows, man. You know, we we go to SEMA each and every year, and I was blown away. You were there the first time I got to, you know, lay my eyes on it. I, I'm just excited car shows in general coming back, you know? Like the guy we're going to have on today, man, Ken Linkenfelter, he, he, he's got every sort of car show, car auction, like hot spot for car enthusiasts to go and be at and be involved with. Uh, and SEMA's got to be at the top of the list. Like that's the upper echelon of shows, especially if you got a car in there. So, man, I'm, uh, I'm super excited about our guest today. I'm super excited uh, just that the car world is opening back up. You know? Oh, man. Oh, so, yeah, and so awesome. We're going to get some great scoop today because, like you said, with the car world opening up, we've got our own on-the-spot guy uh, that's going to go pretty much to all of them. And, you know, my top is is SEMA, but his list is so long uh, that I'll be interested to see, like, which one is his favorite. Because when I, you know, I just chatted with him the other day, caught up, you know, I'm back in Michigan from a little vacation down in Florida, and, 
and uh, he's just telling me all the places he's he's headed and where he's going. And I'm like, dude, you got to come on the on the air with us and just share with people all these different events. What's cool about him? What to check out? Because uh, he is literally everywhere. And this guy is a fixture in automotive. I mean, he's he's kind of like the Vic Edelbrock. You know, you got these names out there that you know that are just they're always going to be ingrained forever in in what they've done for the industry, yeah. how they. You know, and in, in, in the front lines, you know, like, you know, the, the Lingenfelter brand and all the products. And then there's so many things he's doing behind the scenes, really helping with some of these events. It's cool. So we're going to get some great, great inside scoop from Ken and have some good times today. Yeah, man. I love talking with him because he's just an incredible resource and makes you think about, you know, certain platforms, especially the Corvette and everything he knows about that and just all the things he's been able to create, do uh, on the performance side of things, how he, he's just elevated the whole game, you know? It's funny how it, one man can change can change the whole mechanism, uh, and he's kind of been one, one of those pioneers like that. I don't know how these guys do it. Um, you know, I don't sleep enough, and I look at all the things that I do throughout my day, week, and I look at the things that this guy gets accomplished, you know, from his car collection, uh, you know, to the whole product line they have going on at Lingenfelter and all the places that he is i think he's an alien i don't think this guy sleeps but he's always so chill and cool and and well rested looking right like i don't know how he pulls it off man this where's your little magical. puppy alien man right. <laughs> hey who knows you know the government's gonna release all that alien info and ufo stuff first uh first part of june man by the time this drops we may find out in that report that ken Lingenfelter is indeed uh, an alien, a master speaker. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> right? We broke the news. <laughs> uh, well, look, let's take a break, man. We'll come back and uh, have the man, the myth, the legend on with us. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by carparts.com. Let me make this really easy for you. I don't care if you're shopping for a classic, and this is honest God truth or I wouldn't be saying it. I found a lot of parts, not just window regulators, I think I told you about that before, but now a lot of parts on the performance side for a lot of my old Mopars uh, and a lot of my old hot rods. So it, it really does sort of run the, the gamut, whether you're hunting for something performance or something from the 60s or modern cars, modern drivetrains, man, they got it all, carparts.com. Man, I tell you what, I drove by the parts store the other day. I had to pick up some wiper blades. Pulled in, grabbed them. They were expensive as heck. Got home and I was like, man, why don't I just get them on car parts? Looked it up. It was like a third <laughs> off the price. You know, I'm like, yeah, what was I thinking? You know, could have just hit the go button yeah. and it would have been at my door. Right. Huge savings. Super easy. Didn't have to waste any time going to the stupid store. Right. And, and probably getting the wrong part when you really get into it. Windshield wipers are easy. You can get those at Walmart. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, man, hey. getting uh, getting real deal parts for your car, that sometimes is tough. But you're picking your part, and that makes it easy. Uh, dude, you know what? Talking to this guy, Ken Lingenfelter, man, this is easy. It doesn't get better than this, you guys. This guy is like when there's car, there's car people, right? And then there's Ken Lingenfelter, way, way above that. You're <laughs> looking down uh, on on the normal folk that would consider themselves car people. This guy has made a career. Uh, I bet more hours of his life have been dedicated to speeding up our rides and our cars and our vets than probably anything else in his in his oh, world. Yeah. We need Ken. You could actually answer that. Do you feel like more time has been devoted 
towards performance than anything else in your life? Yeah, well, I got to tell you, I think I'd, I, I'd hope my kids got more time. I hope anyway. <laughs> we all hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, at least eight hours a day. Yeah, you got it. But uh, yeah, uh, I've, <laughs> I've got five kids and I uh, hopefully I was a great dad. That's the number one thing for me. But you're right. I I'm so entrenched in this stuff. Uh, I've got non-car guy friends think I need psychiatric help. So, uh, it's kind of like why it's one of the reasons why I like hanging around with you guys. If you know what I'm saying, it, I was going <laughs> to say, you just called into AA, man. We're all here together. You know, you fitting right in <laughs> makes me feel normal. Believe me. So, yeah. Yep. Oh man. Well, you guys haven't just, you know, checked out what Lingenfelter does. Cause you know, the name, you know what they do, man. They, they've been like the number one in Corvettes forever. And they pretty much own the whole GM market. So if you're one of those bow tie guys, which kind of, I am in the background, don't tell anybody at work. Uh, man, they have everything for, like I said, Corvettes, the GTOs, the Camaros, the CTSVs, all of their SUVs and truck, ATSVs, God, they kill it, and they have the best packages. They scream crazy horsepower, man. Uh, I love everything that you're doing. But we're here to catch you in between flights from one cool place to another so you can kind of share with us and the gang like all these great experiences. What are some of the things that uh, you know is cool about them? What do you like about them? And, uh, you know, maybe some of these guys are thinking, hey, man, I might hit that one. Hey, I didn't know before you, you know, you, you run away from this topic. You, you set him up, man. I want to talk about I have a CTSV, you know, and I heard oh. you say that. And I'm like, wait, wait, Ken, we have to talk. There's there's a discussion that needs to be had. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think those are one of the, you know, sort of hidden gem, um, you know, soon to be collectibles uh, out there is those those CTSVs, man. I'm a big fan. And uh, now I just heard you got stuff for those, too. I usually use you only for Corvette stuff. But, man, you guys, you guys got it all. Oh, we've done a lot of CTSVs over the years. And, you know, I the wagon, I, I'm so upset yeah. with myself for not buying one of those oh, years ago God, and uh, keeping one. We've done a lot for customers, but... Uh, that's a great product, and uh, and and we just love Cadillacs. I mean, even the ATSB, we can make eight hundred, uh, excuse me, five hundred horsepower with that thing, um, you know, right from the get go. And it's you know V six turbo. Uh, there's lots of room there, and we found it, and we like to build them. So I, I love that. I love that buyer too, because to me, a, a guy that has a Cadillac, especially a V. And I love the wagons mm -hmm. like you, man. I, I I missed an opportunity on one a few years ago. I wish I would have had it, you know, now because the wagons are crazy. You know, that's a big money car now. But you know, the guy that owns the CTSV is the hot rodder, the guy that can, you know, maybe have something nice, but he has to consider the fact that he needs four doors, or maybe needs to get a kid or a wife in in there. He likes the luxury and the uh, creature comforts, but not afraid to straight burn a tire off and get down when need be. Man, I, I love that guy because it's me. Oh, that guy is that that car is the con, right? You, you tell your wife it's a great luxury car. Meanwhile, it's just a hot rod. Ding. You know, like <laughs> you just snuck that one by. Yep. Oh, now 15. talk about that wagon, man. <laughs> you know, Will and I have talked on, on other episodes. Uh, you know, I'm a huge wagon fan. Always wanted a wagon. My wife just hates wagons, and that is the closest thing, wagon wise, that I've gotten my wife to almost give me the okay on. So. So that kind of tells you on the scale, like that thing is nasty and she likes it because of the performance part. So she's almost overlooking the wagon, but man, I'll take that thing any day. They are a blast to drive. And I'll tell you what, if you look up on the auction sites, any of them, or even the live auctions, they're bringing big, big money right now. So 
it's amazing how you're uh, you're able to get that car to to handle. I I've got some C time. I got a Corvette and has some road course cars. And for a big, you know, for, I got the CTSV, so it's a four door. But my God, for a big car, I, I'm shocked at how that thing can pull itself around corners. Well, I tell you what, Willie, you need more horsepower. So you and I need to talk some more. So we'll fix I you absolutely up. Absolutely agree you. with that. I, I- we're going to. Uh, so look, man, I I got a little bit of your schedule, and I, I just got to know how, how do you do it, man? You you're the probably the busiest car guy on the car scene that we're we're aware of. Well, I got to tell you, I want to get busy. To, you know, the thing is that the uh, you know with this pandemic and everything else, everything just kind of ground ground to a halt. I did almost two hundred thousand flight miles in two thousand nineteen, and I made one plane ride in two thousand twenty. So I've got a lot of time and a lot of uh, things to make up for, but we had um, a really, really cool Corvette event at the collection just a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, this is an annual thing we've done all the time with the competition Corvette club around Detroit. They do a caravan from uh, a Chevy dealer that's in the Detroit area. And most of the club members are ex-military and ex-police officers. So in order to get from the dealer to our collection, you got to pass through different cities, different counties, different townships. And because these guys have all the connections uh, they need, including with the state police, we had a caravan that went directly from the dealer all the way out to the collection. And they didn't stop. They just kept going. And uh, it was fun for the people, I'm sure, as they watched all those Corvettes come by. It was well over 200, maybe upwards of 300 Corvettes out to the collection and uh you know, we tried to make sure there's still a little question about question mark about being safe. So we opened up all the garage doors at the collection and uh, and we got the deal going. So it's kind of an outside inside event. It felt so good to get back with these people, these car club people, the people that really enjoy the passion that I have, as well as, uh, uh, you know, all the other things that go with loving Corvettes. And we had a blast. It was so much fun. And so I'm fired up now. I got to tell you, I mean, last weekend, uh, we went down to the Mecham auction in Indianapolis. We spent Friday there. Saturday, we went to the uh, Indianapolis Grand Prix. That's the race they have a couple weeks before the actual 500. And I mean to tell you, it felt like the old days. It really did. A lot of people out. It's a beautiful, beautiful weather on the day of the Grand Prix. And we really had a blast. But, um, but I'm headed this week. In fact, we'll be on an airplane, my wife and I, Thursday morning down to Amelia Island. Oh, man. That is that a is show. That is like the Whew. premier Concours event. I, I always hear people say that uh, Pebble Beach is the best. And, and I like Pebble Beach. It's a little difficult to get around and such because of all the traffic and, uh, and, uh, and things. But, the, uh, but Amelia Island is just top shelf. And, you know, it was scheduled back in March, but they had to move it because of the pandemic and I'm raring to go. Uh, we'll have a car in the show. They invited a 53 uh, Corvette I have in the car collection. It's one of two supercharged 53 Corvettes. Actually, guy gave the uh, old blue flame engine an additional 10 horsepower. Uh, but uh, it's, a, it's a very rare car. It should be a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to an absolute amazing weekend. Yeah, that, that's just such a great uh-huh. spot. I was just at a car show this last weekend. It was really... Um, it was one of those things that was just a word of mouth type show a couple weeks ago. You know, I, I kind of live out in the country. I had a house fire, so I'm displaced right now where my house uh, is getting rebuilt. So I'm kind of way outside Denver uh, right now, and 
just the Sonic and Safeway up the road in this little town I'm in had a little car show and I caught wind of it, brought one of my hot rods out there and then just this past Friday they did it again and it's so funny, there's so many people energized, ready to get out, mix, mingle, shake hands, show off rides, platforms, builds they've been working on during the pandemic. So many people have been working on cars, there's just a whole wave of new cars that a lot of towns haven't seen. I'm really excited about what this year's bringing. Yeah, there's so much passion and enthusiasm with, uh, you know, this whole uh, this whole car enthusiast uh, side of things. And so, uh, and you know, Amelia Island is truly a bucket list thing to do. If you haven't been there, they, I mean, you know, Bill Warner's done an amazing job with that show over the years. Uh, it's usually focused on, uh, you know, past racers and uh, their race cars, their concourse cars there. Um, it's, it's just an absolute amazing event. I've been to just about every one of them and I'm very anxious to get there this uh this coming uh, weekend. So yeah. And anybody who's never been to a concourse, I mean, if I go back way, way, way back when, you know, I didn't think I was a concourse guy. And then I went to my first one and they're amazing. Like, you know, you might think whatever you're into, whether it's, you know, big trucks or, you know, Will and I are big muscle car guys or whatever. Um, you know, that's not my scene, but man, if you love cars and anything to do with them, just all the different eras, like you said, the, the, you know, the vintage race cars, you know, you can just see the history dripping off a lot of these vehicles. Uh, you can get kind of up and close and personal to a lot of them. Uh, the different way they're configured, the different way they run, smell, sound. Uh, you know, you get some of the gas uh, light type vehicles. It just, there's so much history involved in there and there's so many different types of vehicles. You're going to find, if not one, two, or a hundred things that you really just walk away, like blown away on in a concourse. They're just a super cool event that not everyone's been to, but they probably should. Well, and Kevin, you know, there are going to be auctions that weekend. Uh, there'll be a cars and coffee on the site, which, you know, brings everything in. Uh, they're going to honor Lynn St. James. So we'll be spending a lot of time talking about Indianapolis. And so uh, it's an amazing event, but we get back and we catch our breath a little bit. And then we're off to the Indy 500. And that's another, you know, really, truly great event this will be my 43rd in a row um i got i gotta tell you i get a mulligan for last year right because they didn't have anybody in the stands but um it is it is truly a great event and uh had the same seats all those years we're right after turn one i mean we can see down a little bit down the straightaway and when those cars come after they get the green flag to start the race i can't even tell you the adrenaline rush i mean it is so much fun and once again, there are displays and uh, lots of uh, lots of people that have been in the industry for a long time. Um, truly, truly a great event. So parties. Oh, gosh. Yeah. A lot of parties. Yeah. <laughs> How about the snake pit? I'm not going to go into too much detail, but there is a place in the infield that everybody called the snake pit. And it's been kind of a very interesting area for a lot of years, <laughs> let me tell you. But uh but, you know, we get back from that and, uh, you know, then we've got the Detroit Grand Prix and yes, uh, that's coming up right away. And that's something I haven't missed either. We've got tickets right when that thing started. And once again, lots of great displays, uh, a great weekend of racing, both Saturday and Sunday. Um, can't wait for that one. Um, well, did they get the, the track nice and repaired? Uh, it's been a couple of years now, but I was out the last time I was at the Grand Prix Right, they had those kind of quick patches in there, and they were all coming up. They had to stop the race. I mean, literally, when these patches, you know, got tore up, 
uh, there's just craters because uh, some of the roads had been uh, neglected for so long. Is that all nice and, you know, ready to race on? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, Roger Penske is very involved in it. You know, anything that Roger's involved in has got to be really, really top shelf. So, yeah, my understanding is it's really good and great to go. Uh, I've been around that track in a race car. I, I've uh, been around it in an Indy car. I've got some friends that are drivers in the Indianapolis uh, league. And, uh, and so I got a chance to ride the one behind the other thing about two years ago. And that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, of course, the driver was Davey Hamilton. He's a personal friend from way back and, uh, he juiced it up a little bit for me. So that, uh, that always added to the fun, but, uh, it's a great event. It really is. And, uh, I look forward to it every year. I, I gotta tell you, man, we gotta take a break right now, but when we come back, you just mentioned something that you got to do that's not the normal experience. And I imagine your list of, you know, having a special either A driver or B uh, privilege pass to go out and tear it up on uh, this track or that track. That list is very long and accomplished, and I can't wait till you share some of it when we come back from the break. So think about your top three. I'm Ken Lingenfelter. I could do this type of memories, and you can share them with us next. All right, like that. Okay. Tell me that's not a pass. Like, excuse me. Um, you see the name tag? I'm Ken Lingenfelter. Right there. Okay. I'm Ken. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'll uh, take two. Two guys garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we're back in just a minute. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. We have Ken Lingenfelter on the podcast today. And Ken, I got to ask you, you were speaking of some, you know, very VIP type memories that you have. And, you know, never has a, a man been more deserving when it comes to the automotive machine and mechanism than Mr. Ken Lingenfelter. What would be your top three uh, VIP moments? What are top three things that you got to experience, do? Uh, or or drive that people would just be in awe of? Well, boy, I'll tell you, that's a hard thing to think about because, you know, I have had, I've been in a position and um, fortunate enough to be, in some cases, the right place at the right time. I'll tell you one that really sticks out because I'm so in love with Indianapolis in the Indianapolis 500. We did some, uh, we built a couple cars for uh, Sam Schmidt years ago. And Sam is a Indy car driver. You may or may not remember. He had a horrific crash in 1999 and he's a quadriplegic, uh, from the neck down, but Sam, um, has learned over the years, uh, to drive his, um, wheelchair in a way that with the help of aero electronics, which is his sponsor, they have out outfitted him to be able to drive a car. And so I understand from him, he's got a driver's license in Las Vegas. And seriously, he, he manages his wheelchair by blowing in a tube to accelerate and sucking back to brake. Um, he's an amazing individual. I, I don't know how I could do what he does, but, um, but we built a couple of Corvettes years ago. Aero Electronics had done all of the stuff for him to be able to drive that car. And, uh, he, um, he wanted them supercharged. So we helped him out and he actually drove uh, a car against a Corvette against Mario Andretti outfitted the same way um, to uh, three laps around the Grand Prix course uh, before the actual Grand Prix race. 
And uh, I mean, it was amazing. I, you know, everybody was on their feet because to try and understand how somebody could do that is challenged as he is. Um, again, he's one of the most wonderful human beings you'd ever want to meet. And I've really enjoyed our relationship with him. But one of the really cool things that happened from that is a couple of the guys from the track out there, I guess, really understood how we were involved in the Pratt in the project. So I got an opportunity to um, uh, flag one of the races out there that same day. And so they came up to me and said, Hey, have you ever, you know, have you ever flagged a race before? I said, absolutely not. Well, we'd like you to do that. You know, it was kind of a thank you for you being involved like you are. And uh, one guy said, can you, can you climb 30 feet up, uh, up the ladder to get into the perch? And I said, well, I, I think I can, you know? And uh, so I got up there and uh, I really absolutely had an opportunity to flag a race at Indy. Now it wasn't a big one, right? Okay. It wasn't a 500, it wasn't the Indy cars, but what yeah. a tremendous experience. And that'll be in my memory forever. Absolutely forever. So nice. You know, and I am I'm fluffing my feathers because I got to flag a race once, a NASCAR race. So I'm I'm pretty stoked to have one in the same camp as my friend Ken over here. <laughs> now that's it. I'm out. I'm tapping. Boop. You know, I, I'm gonna sit back here and be quiet. I gotta tell you, maybe you experienced this, Kevin, but you know, the thing that shocked me the most is when the cars came through for the starting lap. I thought it was gonna blow me right off the uh off the yeah. perch there. Amazing yeah, how you much got 30, 40 cars zipping by with you know six, eight hundred horsepower. It, it was, creates a little whirlwind. It was crazy, but what a blast, obviously. So you know, the aero electronics place you you mentioned is right out here in Lone Tree, Colorado, about you know, five miles from where I work. Been to that facility before, know a few of those guys. What they do is amazing. Those oh, guys truly are incredible. Yep. Yeah. I I uh you know, they were doing things with that car and running the electronics like I can't even imagine. So what a what an experience it was working with them. Believe yeah, me. Man, they're great. Hey, do you ever go to Corvettes at Carlisle? Oh yeah, every year. Never right, my, miss it. My buddy Dale Flynn won uh won a, a big award there. He's got a fifty a nineteen fifty-three original big airbox Corvette that he found in a barn in Kentucky. Um and it literally that car it wasn't documented because it had gone, it had been flown to, I want to say Taiwan, I think it was, or someplace um, where he raced it outside the country because he was in the military back in, in the 50s, and he took the car with him, uh, and he flew it back, and he won, um, he, his, his name is Del Flynn, he won a, a big award up the, uh, at the Corvettes at Carlisle uh, back in August uh, 2019, before, uh, before everything got shut down, and I actually got to see that car sit in it, uh, it's uh, just a few miles from our brother's house, and it, it's a it's an amazing, amazing car. Well, I remember seeing that car. To be honest with you, Willie, that that's a great event. I, you know, uh, Lance Miller, who is kind of one of the guys that runs that, uh, has been a personal friend forever, and they've done an amazing job. And once again, it's a bucket list thing to do. If you're a Corvette guy, you've got to attend Corvettes of Carlisle that's at some amazing. point. Uh, it truly is. Yeah, that is one. That is one that's been on my list for a long time, and I feel shameful for not having gotten to uh, Carlisle yet. Well, you should do it, Kevin, because you'll enjoy it. I mean, you'll love it right from the beginning. And and you know, there's another event on my list here is uh, Bloomington Gold. Uh, you know, that's another event that's coming up. And again, you you would really think it's a it's a car show, but um, there's a whole bunch of enthusiasm. There's we always uh, sponsor the autocross event that they do. 
a couple of years ago, they were doing that out at the 500 track. So there was a lot going on that way. Um, another really good event that's in June, like the 17th, 18th and 19th. And they're doing it at Lucas uh, stadium in Indianapolis now. Uh, but what a great event that is. So the Bloomington gold is at the Indianapolis. Well, it was at the 500. It was at the, uh, at the racetrack up until last year, they did an event at Lucas, uh, stadium where they play their football games. And so that's okay. where it's going to be again this year. But, uh, but then we're off to Barrett Jackson in las vegas always big that's always a good now again yeah. i mean barrett jackson obviously the scottsdale one is the best but they really put on quite a show there's a lot to see it's a good time uh, of course there's las vegas there so really looking forward to that one so what's your what's your take on what's going to be big and hot at barrett jackson this year i mean granted we have this whole weird year right so anything yeah. can come out of the other end of this thing right we're seeing you know crazy lumber prices steel prices you know, dirt bike and, you know, off outside door, outdoor kind of price, like everything is just crazy. So what in the automotive world is going to come flying out of COVID uh, and just be hot or wild or, you know, unusual? So if you guys are watching the auction prices or watching any of the stuff on TV or keeping track of it, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, Bear Jackson's always been known for resto mods. And, you know, the ones that are getting built these days are really, really cool. There's so much you can do with them. We're doing a lot of swaps ourselves, you know, with the guys that want to do cars and put cars in there. And I love it because our brand gets underneath the hood of some really good looking cars. But um, but I'm I'm guessing just like in the past, you know, the Saturday night will be full of just some amazing resto mods and they'll bring big, big, big money. Um, so I, it's the way it seems to be going and I'm thinking it's going to go that way. Do you feel like that's a better direction than the, you know, matching numbers, all original equipment type, type, you know, offering, you know, those cars, I, I was at an auction this weekend, uh, and same thing, you know, if you took all the Broncos and the crazy money that those stupid things are bringing and just put them on the shelf for a minute, um, rest of mods were it and the original matching numbers cars that you would think would be the big money car just, you know, a decade ago really weren't bringing quite as much as some of the, the really well done resto mods. No, you're exactly right. Willie. that's exactly the way it's going right now. And I mean, I've got a lot of respect for matching numbers and, you know, the national Corvette restore society and all these guys that spend a lot of time trying to get the car perfect the way it is. But the one thing that a resto mod does is uh, we have to keep this in mind. You know, we're very, very spoiled these days. The cars are so good and, you know, they don't break. They, you know, the brakes stop when you hit them, you know, you're, you don't have to warm it up when you start it. Uh, you know, resto mods have really, really done and done well. Obviously there are people that don't do them well, but uh, you know, anybody that's got a real good eye can, you know, find the right one. The biggest challenge is having a pocketbook uh, full of enough money to buy one. Right. Amen. Poof. Well, like Willie said, it's an amazing flip, and and I I couldn't wrap my brain around why uh, the resto mods just kind of would fall flat at auction. You know, like they're they're a superior car from a fun factor. So yeah, collectors get your numbers. You know, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna move and sell. You know, like artwork or whatever. But you know, so many car guys, I would have thought just a longer time ago would have woke up to man, I could have that cool car, but I could have that much more fun driving it. Uh, with the rest of my, but we are here. People have woken up and now it is the, you know, sort of the benchmark of, you know, what people are kind of going after. Well, you got to look at that demographic too. Who's got the money, 
you know, finally, you know, millennials got some money, Gen, Gen Zers got some money. It's like all of a sudden they're in a position where for them probably matching numbers and those, you know, that particular pedigree isn't isn't what they're looking for. They want something they can go out and show off and, you know, give them a little thrill per mile aspect to it. Well, Corvettes are just great for restaurants too. I mean, you know, let's face it, Amen. you're starting off with a really good-looking product. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of putting the right components on and making sure you know what you're doing. But uh, so that's a blast as well. But uh, we're going to do an event this year again that we've done this over the past few years down at uh, Summit Motorsports Park uh, down at Norwalk, Ohio. That's our home drag strip. That's where we go to do testing and things of that nature. Uh, the Baders own that track. They do an amazing job. And, you know, we're very involved and sponsor a show called the Blue Suede Cruise down at Norwalk. And uh, tell us about that. Oh, one. It, I'm it, not, that's familiar. It's a drag racing weekend. Uh, it goes through the 9th to 11th in July. Um, the drag strip is, in my opinion, probably one of the best prepped and one of the best ones in the country. That's why we, why we do our testing there. Um, but in the meantime, it's kind of mixes the old with the news. You'll, you'll see some guys at this event come out with gassers. And you'll see some guys come out with the modern stuff too. It's it's so much fun, and it's a whole weekend of it. So I'm really really looking forward to that one as well. Uh, all right, Ken, I got, I got another uh, sort of off uh, the center line type question. You you're familiar with so many platforms when it comes to Corvette. If you right. had to take, you know, your favorite you know years of the Corvette, let's just let's take the C8 out of the equation. Uh, because okay. you're, you're too close to that. <laughs> um, but what would you say are your top three to four or five years of the Corvette? Whether it's styling, how the car feels, what it looks like in a driver's seat. I've owned, I've owned a few Corvettes, man, and I, I have an odd year as one of my favorites. It's kind of, kind of weird. But I'm, I'm interested as a guy that's grown up around the lineage. What you feel like is the best years? Well, I got a twist on that, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw right on top. So Ken, straight up, what Willie just asked, and then think about okay. it in terms of uh, take any any vet as a really well done resto mod, because now you're blending. Uh, you know, style and history with fun factor. So hit Willie's first, and then let me see what you got. Let's see if it changes. Well, I, you know, I got to tell you, a 63 split window, that's the thing that turned me into a Corvette guy. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad took me to an auto show that he was a GM guy at the tech center, and I saw my first split window when I was 10 years old. And I was already a car guy at 10, but at that point, I was a Corvette guy for life. Uh, that, to me, is an absolutely amazing-looking car. And frankly, to be honest with you, Kevin, that's a pretty good looking car rest of it as well. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it'd be hard for me to tear into one. I'd have to make sure I've got just the most, the best, comp, uh, the best equipment, the best engine, everything before I tear into a split window because they're beautiful, absolutely beautiful in stock condition. But, you know, favorite Corvettes, uh, that C6 ZR1. Mm -hmm. um amazing car 2009 to 13 um i've owned a bunch of them over the years i just love that car um i have uh, I, one of the cars i'm most enchanted with and this isn't old but it's uh it's a 2000 um uh 19 zr1 uh with a manual transmission i'm in absolutely enchanted with that car it was my daily driver before the c8 came out and uh, once again, I mean, they did it all with that car. Big wing on the back, white with red in my colors. 
Uh, really, really good car. I think the only Corvette I was least excited about from a design standpoint was the C4. But then they brought the ZR1 out for that. And, uh, you know, so we've got several of those in the collection. And, and that's also an amazing car. So I don't know, William, am I answering your question? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I had the 63 split window. All right, because obviously anybody can see that car and just realize, you know, it's, it's just an amazing car um, from every aspect about it. Every design feature about it is just wicked cool. Um, I I had one of my favorites, which was, you know, uh, I had a 99 ZR1 uh, set up, you know, and, and, you know, wide body kit under all that stuff. Uh, I, I got an oddity in my, in my top three. Um, I also owned a 1980 Corvette. Which they were gutless. They're absolutely gutless. They yeah. were, you know, they took off like a herd of turtles. But I'm telling you, there's something about that. The 79, 80, and 81 model years. I feel like that is an underrated Corvette. Probably because the, you know, the down on power, 200 and whatever horsepower was. But man, styling wise, I loved that car. And I feel like that's one of the best resto mods you could do. Yeah, I agree with you. The styling was amazing on that car. And uh, I love it too. You know, it's interesting because I get a lot of young guys come up to me and say, Hey, I want to get into Corvettes. You know, what should I do? And I always steer them towards a C5 Corvette, most likely a fixed group coupe or a, or a Z06. That's what I had. FRC. Those cars, uh, you know, once again, for Corvette, that was, ama- that was an amazing car. And I, I've got several in the collection. Really, really enjoy them. But that's to me the best, if you don't have much of a budget, that's the best Corvette to get started at as a collector or drag racing or autocross or. Hey, I've been over 200 in mine five, five times or so. I've been over 200 several times in the, in the mile races in mine. It's uh, it's that crazy. It's a fun ride, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah. They are very fun. Yeah. I think from, from the performance bang for buck side, right. I am 100% the C5, uh, but I don't know if it brings the same right. visuals, right? We talk about the 63, oh, yeah. you know, I love like the 59, 60 kind of era. I love the the tool, dual headlights up front. I love that look like, so though that's the difference between vets is, you know, some of them just absolutely pull you from a design, you know, in the visual standpoint. Uh, and in some vets, especially the newer ones, just drag you in with performance uh, just dripping and overflowing and going crazy uh, for just so few dollars relative. Uh, it's amazing. I feel like the C8 is the fastest 500 horsepower car in the world. Oh, yeah, the C8. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I I got several, and we could talk and talk and talk about those. We should do that again here yeah. coming up because uh, I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I w- I'm already, I'm enchanted with that ZR1, that, uh, that uh, C7ZR1. But the C8 uh, is a completely different drive, and I am totally in love with that car as well. So okay, before we get out of here, man, give give us what you feel like the number is going to be for the the Z06 and the, the the ZR1. What do you what do you think the the next evolution of this C8? What do you think the numbers we're looking at, the performance we're looking at? Well, I'll be shocked if the if the ZR the Z06 isn't somewhere in the uh, high 600s or low 700s, to be honest with you. Now, it depends. I, you know, everybody talks a little bit about whether it's going to be the flat plane car, whether it's going to be an, any electrical assist. And the guys at GM, rightly so, are completely quiet. 
uh, we don't hear anything specifically about what could be coming or not. I have, there's a lot of speculation, obviously, in the magazines and, you know, in the, in the people discussing it. But, uh, but I, I think high 600s uh, is probably a good bet for the Z06. And, you know, then they keep talking about the Zora version or the ZR1 version. Uh, that, I think, will be well over 700. Can't imagine it not being. Well, to get uh, you know on the the Z06 one in the six and seven hundred range, are you seeing that uh, being supercharged? Um, you know, they they claim that the the uh, Z06 gonna, is going to be natural naturally aspirated. That's what I see in the rumor mill. I don't have any idea uh, if they put a flat plane car out like that. It is um, uh, in the Z06. They can make that kind of horsepower if they want to. Um, apparently, there have been some you know spies out there by the proving grounds and i've seen a few videos of the noise this thing makes and boy just the noise would sell me believe me <laughs> uh I, I i'm a real real sucker for a, a great sounding car that's for sure yeah yeah it'll be interesting on that z06 i'm with you on you know my assumption is it's going to be na uh, right. how much how much na power can they get with the platform they have you know with all the emissions constraints and whatnot so right right how much can they really stretch that guy out on a on an oe delivered kind of product without having to get into that boost system you know well leave it to the guys in bowling green to find out <laughs> yeah they'll figure it out i'm pretty sure and you know the fact is is thank goodness they're building that car boy i'll tell you with all this other stuff going on uh, i'm really anxious for it and i think they'll do the right job yeah, no doubt. All right, how do people find out more about Lingenfelter, boss? You know, just come to Lingenfelter.com. And uh, while you're there, if you want, just page down a little bit and look for the collection. And if you hit that button, it'll give you like a 30-second tour of the car collection and a 30-second tour of one of, our, uh, one of our charity events. And then if you're trying to, you know, communicate with me, I am on Twitter, just at Ken Lingenfelter. And uh, I post a lot of pictures and a lot of things of uh, – projects we're doing and individual projects I'm working on myself. So what a great guy to be following. I'm getting your info from Kevin. I'm going to be in touch about my CTSV. Just, just so you know, just me and you, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, Willie. <laughs> You've been warned. You've been warned. Uh, Ken. All right, guys. All right. Hey, don't forget about our show air weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, the one and only Ken Lingenfelter. My man Kevin Bird, I am Willie B, your producer Scoop, and executive producer Mr. Bob Ecker. Check out our website, twoguysgarage.com, and share your thoughts with us. We're on social everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's a copyright, 2021, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Kevin, we were talking about this in the show just the other day. We were working on that C5. I, I feel like yeah. that is by far the best budget buy performance car. You know, those shh, late 99s, shh, early 2000s. Shh, easy to dial on, up. Easy yet. to get your hands on. Don't tell everyone. Everybody can afford one. Bang for buck, you're not going to beat it. Dude, I came home from that shoot, and I told my wife, I said, hey, I'm just giving you a heads up. There's probably going to be a C5 showing up in our driveway <laughs> at some point. So just, you know. Come Be over prepared. to the dark side. Uh, all right, guys. <laughs> hey, thanks so much. We'll catch you in the next Two Guys Garage podcast. We'll see you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.